Before I commence the message this morning, I'd just like us to remember that today is actually a very special day. Today is Pentecost Sunday. That day when God's Spirit was poured out abundantly upon those gathered in Jerusalem. God's Spirit still among us today. God's Spirit desiring to work in and through us. May we reflect on this through the day, open ourselves up afresh to the Spirit of God. God has planted eternity in the human heart. Don Richardson, who was a missionary in Papua for many years, took that verse from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and based it, it was the basis for his book entitled Eternity in Their Hearts. And in that book he documented evidence from various cultures about how in their customs, their stories, their theories, many of them had a key which was the key to unlocking the message of the gospel. In some cultures, that key very quickly became clear. An example, there were people along the Thai-Burma border, several different groups of people, who were holding to the truth that one day someone would come to them with a special book that would have important news for them. They believed that there was a book that their ancestors had lost centuries before and they were waiting for someone to bring this book to them. A great opening for those who went there with the gospel. However, in other settings, missionaries have needed to listen and learn over a long period of time to ultimately find the way to sharing the gospel meaningfully to those amongst whom they were living. Because God has placed eternity in the hearts of people, there is a longing for something, for someone beyond ourselves. And because of that, there is a way in every culture for people to discover Jesus for themselves. The door is open for everyone. Just as cross-cultural workers, like the ones that we heard about this morning, seek to discover keys for sharing the gospel. It is the same for us here in Australia. We need to discover what it is that makes our neighbours, our colleagues, tick. We need to spend time seeking to get to know them, to meet them where they are at, so that the gospel becomes relevant for them. Amongst our 
contacts. There may be well, well be people who have come from another culture overseas. But even the Westerners with whom we interact, many have a different lifestyle from ourselves, a different worldview. And so we need that time to meet them where they are at. There's a very big word to describe what I've been talking about. It's the word contextualisation. Contextualisation attempts to communicate the gospel through word and deed in ways that actually make sense to people. This is necessary so that the gospel is not seen as something foreign, something imported from the West. And it's the same here. This gospel has to be seen not just as important to me, but as very relevant for my neighbour. While the gospel will always remain unchanging. It will remain the good news about Jesus Christ. The way to share that gospel will vary from one place to another, from one person to another. Last Wednesday night, we had a Zoom session with Greg and Rachel Shipp, who are working amongst the indigenous people at Manangrida in the Northern Territory. And it was clear as we talked with them the challenges that they are facing working amongst people whose way of life is so different from their own. People whose ideas about time, people whose ideas about making a commitment about what you're going to do tomorrow, just so different. And the challenges the frustrations that come in seeking to get close to people and to share with them. Jesus gave us the perfect example of what all of this means. And in John 1.14 we read, the word, meaning Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or as the message paraphrase has it, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. Jesus came as one just like us, born as a baby in Bethlehem, living life as a human being, feeling as we feel. And he came to stay, to settle down in the neighbourhood. He came into the neighbourhood of the Jewish culture of his day. And in that culture, he took the very ordinary things that people were doing and he allowed those to become the teaching points to teach the truths of the kingdom of God.
He was in people's homes. He healed the sick. He ate with people, even those despised like the tax collectors and sinners. He came as the people that he had come to. He came as we are and he came into the neighbourhood. When we look at the Apostle Paul, we find how he adapted the message that he was bringing of the good news, how he adapted it to those with whom he was sharing. When he spoke with the Jews, he took them back to the Old Testament scriptures that pointed to Jesus. When he spoke to those who were not Jews, the Gentiles, he reminded them of how God had revealed himself in creation. And when he debated with the pagan philosophers, he challenged them to consider how their own claims stood up against the story of Jesus. Paul wrote, sharing about his ministry in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He wrote, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every kind of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Look at the beginning of that verse. I kept my bearings in Christ, rooted in Christ. Look at the end of it. To lead those I meet into a God-saved life. prepared to be a servant to anyone, prepared to do what was needed to lead people to Jesus. This leads us to Acts chapter 15, which was actually our reading for today. And in Acts chapter 15, we find the early church faced with the challenge of what they were to do with those Gentiles who were coming to Jesus, who were becoming believers. Paul and Barnabas had been ministering in Antioch and some Jews came and they were insisting that these people who were coming to faith in Jesus must be circumcised. They must follow the Jewish law. They couldn't possibly be saved apart from that, the Jews said. Paul and Barnabas strongly opposed this teaching and eventually a decision was made to go up to Jerusalem and to talk with the apostles and elders there. On arrival in Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas shared what had been happening amongst the Gentiles, how God had been bringing them to faith. But again, the Jews opposed, particularly those from the sect of the Pharisees, demanding 
absolutely adamant that these Gentiles needed to be circumcised and to follow all of the law. So a meeting of the apostles and elders ensued. And in that meeting, Peter spoke up. He spoke about the experience that he'd had in the home of the Roman centurion Cornelius. He said, they were coming to believe and the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And I saw that God makes no distinction. He said, we believe that it is through the grace of God that we are saved just as they are. <clears throat> Paul and Barnabas then had their turn and they talked about the signs and the wonders that they had seen God performing amongst the Gentiles as if these were God's imprimatur on what was happening. And then it was James who brought it all together and he declared that what was happening was in line with the prophecy that God would be bringing not only Jews but people from all nations to himself. And he said, and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. He outlined some practices from which he believed that these Gentile believers should abstain so that they would not be offending the Jewish believers. But beyond that, nothing more required. Let's read the message that was sent to Antioch conveying the decision of that meeting. <clears throat> we understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives, along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The Gentile believers were not to be encumbered with all of the Jewish legal system, with all its trimmings, all its traditions. Circumcision was not required. They were to follow Jesus in a way that was meaningful for them. Like James, we need to be careful 
that we are not making it difficult for people to turn to God. Those who serve in other cultures overseas know that they have much to learn, that they need to listen very carefully. And they do this by living humbly, seeking to be good neighbours who build real relationships, who learn the local language, immerse themselves in the culture, get alongside the locals in their celebratory events, get out with them in their work, some of them getting alongside them in the rice harvest, and then using their specific skills to serve the people. That might be in the teaching of English. That might be in using their love of sport. It can be in the cafe that we heard about a week or two ago. Vili is actually an Indian woman, one of our cross-cultural workers in Chiang Rai in northern Thailand. Vili is a beautician. What an amazing way to reach Thai women. She would hear amazing stories as she attends to those women, learning what is important to them. Often, this type of work is very, very slow going. As our cross-cultural workers listen and learn, but a deep work of God takes place. Small Christian communities emerge, and then local believers begin sharing the good news with others, reaching out to their own people. Let's watch a video from Thailand as Dima and Carolyn share their experience. Hi, I'm Dima and this is my wife Carolyn. We live and work among the ethnic Thai people in Northern Thailand. Our vision is to see vibrant faith communities following Jesus in their own distinctive ways. When we first arrived here, we didn't know anyone in our community. We are praying to God to lead us to the right people through teaching English at our local school and participating in community events, we started making friends. I had never done Thai dancing before, but I noticed that a group of women in my community would meet on the weekends to dance together for exercise. I started going along, and it was there that I made some lovely friends. During the day, a couple of these ladies worked their farms picking fruit and veggies to sell at the market. So our friendship moved from dancing together to picking fruit and veggies together. My friend Palm has always been easy to talk to. She would tell me about some of the struggles and broken relationships in her life. One day I told her that I had been praying to Jesus 
that he would show me the friends that he would like me to know. When I said this to Pam, she told me that it gave her goosebumps all over. As we picked fruit, I would share with her about how God has a plan for everyone. She wanted to know more, so we together. And Pam would say things like, I want to know why did Jesus have to die and why does God have different names? I made sure I took my time to answer her in a way that would make sense to her. Thai people are predominantly Buddhist. Sharing Jesus with them comes with its challenges. Some friends are open to hearing stories of Jesus, but they are afraid of their family and friends. So we have to be sensitive and we have to find a way in which they can follow Jesus in their own culture. I could sense the Holy Spirit moving in Pan's life. I taught her that she could pray to Jesus on her own, that she could share with him her struggles and her concerns because he loves her. One afternoon, after studying the Bible together, I asked her if she would like to pray. As she prayed, she said the words, Lu Kong Prayesu, which means, I am a child of God. That was really encouraging to me as I knew that she had taken the stories and understood them to be true for her. Please pray with us for the ethnic Thai people in Northern Thailand to know Jesus. Please continue to pray for intercultural workers at Global Interaction as we humbly share the good news of the Gospel among our local friends. I somewhat reluctantly share with you this morning a personal experience because I feel it helps us, helps to illustrate what we've been talking about. I have to say that uh, I told God I didn't want to share this, but he told me that I should. Over 12 years, I endeavoured to befriend a neighbour, a neighbour who moved into the complex where I live, whose background and lifestyle was quite a bit different from mine. So we didn't have a lot in common, but I endeavoured to understand her, to take an interest in things that she did. There had been some church connection in the past, but it had lapsed over a considerable period of time. Being involved with this neighbour meant coping with a rather boisterous dog when I went to her home. She loved this dog. I found the dog's attention not very enjoyable. <laughs> we occasionally shared a meal together. We would go out for coffee. I met some of her friends. And then, a few years ago, she developed cancer. And so, there was hospital visiting, there was home visiting, there was helping in various ways. But there always seemed to be something of a barrier in relation to any spiritual conversation. And I began to wonder where it was all going as I saw her life 
ebbing away. Towards the end of 2019, she was told that she probably had about three months to live. And at that stage, she asked me whether I would conduct her funeral, and I agreed. Life continued on into the next year, longer than the doctors had anticipated. And one day, somewhat out of the blue, she said to me, Sally, I understand about God and the Holy Spirit, but I struggle with Jesus. Wow, the door was flung open. We talked about Jesus, the way to God. We talked about his death and his resurrection. And I left it there. Over the coming weeks, she sat on that, and I believe that Jesus ministered to her. I can't tell you how or when she placed her faith in Jesus, but I am absolutely certain that she did. She was ever so grateful that God had given her more time than the doctors had expected, and that she had made this discovery. Almost immediately, she became concerned about others in her family, that they too would know Jesus. For her, it was not about religion. It was about a relationship with Jesus. She had to discover Jesus in a way that was meaningful for her in the last stages of her life. She didn't need any of the baggage from her past church experience. And she didn't need any of the trimmings that she might have seen in what she saw of me and my Christian journey. It was all about Jesus. We have the message. We have the good news. We have this message that, that is unchanging but the message that changes people's lives. We need to meet people where they are at, to get to know those people in our circle, to understand them, to love them, to serve them, and then to see the doors open that they may discover Jesus doors opening to enable the sharing of the good news, that they find Jesus in the way that is right for them. Some years ago, I came upon a beautiful quote from Elizabeth O'Connor, who worked in the Church of the Saviour in Washington. She worked particularly amongst those with mental and physical needs. At the time when I discovered this quote, I was working as a chaplain in aged care and it resonated with me. But I think it speaks to all of us. She wrote, I wanted to find a way to walk among them, to help God breathe on them. Perhaps you struggle a little bit with that 
expression to help God do something. But I think you know what her sentiment is there. Perhaps we can rephrase it. I want to find a way to walk among them so that God might breathe on them. May that be our heart, to walk with people in such a way, to build relationships that the Spirit of God works in their lives, breathing on them, enabling them to discover Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came, that you revealed the Father to us, that you came, that you brought grace and truth. Thank you that you settled down in the neighbourhood, that you lived among us, May we go out to walk amongst people, to reveal you, to allow your spirit to work in their lives, bringing them to discover you in a meaningful way. Amen.